welcome to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant to nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a food patriot to the natural world, and a person who thinks regeneration makes a heck of a lot more sense than extraction. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about regeneration. And in studio, we're very pleased to have with us Ronnie Cummins. He's the co-founder and international director of the Organic Consumers Association and its Mexican affiliate. Pat Kerrigan, who's um, also, he's the Organic Standards and Retail Retail Director, Stan Stattinger, who is uh, with uh, the co-lead for the solutions team of Minnesota 350. Um, welcome. Welcome to Food Freedom Radio. Thanks for having us Thank on. You. Thanks. Okay. What is regeneration? Regeneration is the next stage of organic agriculture. It's really not a new thing. Uh, indigenous people all over the world have been doing food and farming in a regenerative manner for thousands of years. But it's kind of a rediscovery of traditional practices and a bringing together of a lot of different wings of the food movement, people who call themselves permaculturists, people who call themselves holistic grazers, agroforestry people, uh, and the organic community. So I think we're all brought together uh, with the realization that this climate crisis is the most serious crisis humans have ever encountered and that we better turn degenerative food and farming and land use into regenerative as quickly as possible while we move to renewable energy or we're all going to go extinct. Well, that's a nice thought. All extinct. Uh, okay, so so explain for someone who doesn't know how this carbon cycle works with the soil So, uh, and how carbon can be, the soil can be a solution to the cri- climate crisis. Sure, yeah. <clears throat> well, Mother Nature has been perfecting for hundreds of millions of years how to draw carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere, split off the oxygen, the carbon uh, the, through photosynthesis, the plant is able to, to send the carbon down down into the soil to feed microorganisms in exchange for trace minerals, um, access to um, uh, fixed nitrogen, and then there's like this, this this fungal network provides this just magical, mystical nutrient exchange pathway between plants and grazing um, uh, grazing forage, and then the the uh, uh, microbiotic community. And so, basically, it's like the it, it takes it's able through the plant through photosynthesis is able to take the carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and provide the carbon uh, uh, food for microorganisms. And so, it's just such an ingenious. Um, uh, uh, relationship that that is uh, continually being perfected. Herbicides. You know, kill. We maybe we can talk about that a little yeah, later. Yeah, because I know I've been watching and learning more and more about the microbiome, and I mean, I'm sighing out here because um, it's just once you start learning about things, sighing is a very rational response, right, Ronnie? <laughs> but so this having a microbiome informed system with the agriculture, it's all about being healthy and reciprocal with the natural world. Yes, I mean, the bottom line is that if we have healthy soil, including the little animals in the soil, the microorganisms, if you have healthy soil, you have healthy plants. If you have healthy plants, you have healthy animals that graze on these plants. You have healthy humans uh, who eat the perennials or the annual plants. And you have a healthy ecosystem, including climate balance and, you know, when it rains, Uh, A percentage of the rainfall penetrates the soil when it's a healthy soil and stays in the soil so that plants can survive the normal fluctuations in in weather. I mean, the problem is if you turn the soil into a tabletop with toxic chemicals, fertilizers, and pesticides, uh, the rain runs off. You kill the soil organisms. You have unhealthy soil unhealthy plants, unhealthy animals, unhealthy people, and a disrupted climate and uh, water cycle, which is what we have now in most places. In most people. And, you know, I think everyone would agree that healthy lifestyle, we all want healthy lifestyle. So is the current system delivering us a a system based on a healthy food? Unfortunately, about 10,000 years ago, mankind decided that... uh, 
they needed to turn the soil, plow the, till the soil. And what happens when you do that is that uh, the soil you've exposed to the atmosphere is free to have its carbon oxidized and go right up into the atmosphere as uh, CO2, the greenhouse gas that we know about. So part of regenerative agriculture is to minimize tilling uh, almost to the point of no-till. That's just one of the, uh, one of the actions that uh, is part of the regenerative um, approach to life. Right. And so there's a lot of different versions of it, uh, wild farming, um, biodynamic farming. But how, is, how are most people getting most of their food now? Through regenerative agriculture or degenerative agriculture? Well, if you look at the world's population, there's over 3 billion farmers and rural villagers, almost half of the world's population. And according to the United Nations, 70% of the food that we eat on the earth is produced by small farmers. Now, they certainly don't, they're not certified organic in many cases, but the overwhelming majority of agriculture in the world today is still rather traditional. They're not planting GMO seeds. They're not uh, driving big tractors and, you know, dumping tons of fertilizer, you know, uh, every acre. Uh, but uh, it is not regenerating the soil in most cases. According to the UN, 25 to 50 million farmers are still doing things right. Uh, the rest of them are in varying degrees of of uh, doing things wrong and so we've got to get back on track uh, and we believe we can do that if consumers will help farmers because consumers want healthy food you can only get healthy food and healthy animals from healthy soil farmers and ranchers would like to make a living and we all would like a climate that is livable for our for ourselves our kids and our grandkids and so I think that's what we're seeing now is a a global regeneration movement in the early stages of development uh, because we're all coming at this from different uh, but complementary angles. So talk about what's going on right now with Mexico because I understand from my ATP there's actually some a lot of excitement a lot of excitement about um, a better approach to agriculture with the new administration coming in in Mexico. Yes, the new administration in Mexico is called Morena, Morena. which stands for the National Movement of regeneration for Mexico. Very interesting. And uh, Lopez Obrador was elected president and the Morena Party won both houses of Congress and most of the state governments. So they're in a position sort of like Franklin D. Roosevelt was uh, in the middle of the Great Depression uh, in the U.S. where uh, a new deal came into power and where you still had... Uh, you know, like Mexico is still, rural affairs and farming are still very important in Mexico. Uh, and so what the Morena Party has said is we're going to solve the climate crisis. We're going to solve the economic crisis. We're going to end corruption. We're going to pay attention to small farmers. We're going to respect the rights of deportees and, and forced migrants. And we're going to uh, keep genetically engineered crops Ooh. out of Mexico, and we are going to become self-sufficient again in food. They call it food sovereignty, like they were uh, up through the 1960s. And so there's a tremendous amount of excitement in Mexico. Uh, there's also some big tasks ahead. I mean, half the country is still under the control of drug cartels, the northern part of the country. There's 500,000 people employed in the in the drug cartels uh and they are starting to legalize marijuana uh but they have a long way to go and what mexico needs uh which is very clear uh when you have conversation they need a good government in the u.s for one thing so that there can be cooperation instead of antagonism so they would love to see someone like Bernie Sanders in the White House <laughs> instead of Trump. And my prediction is that in 2020, when Bernie is in the White House, that we're going to see a, uh, 
a real increase in cooperation across the border instead of hostility. And we have a lot to learn from Mexico, and they have a lot to learn uh, from the U.S. So things are looking very good. I'd say in the whole world, the only really big country that has a, a good government at this point talking about greening the economy, talking about justice and getting rid of corruption is Mexico. But the whole world, especially Latin America and Asia, Africa, are certainly looking at what happens in Mexico. But the people there understand they can't do it alone. This has to be a North American regeneration revolution, uh, not just a Mexico regeneration. Right. It's got to be. It's an international base. We have a caller right now, Randy from the University of Minnesota in Duluth. Hi, Randy. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you thank for you. taking my call, and thank you for holding this uh, great conversation. Um, you know, I've been involved with the sort of uh, local food movement in a statewide and national way. Um, and more broadly, uh, I've been sort of institutionalized for 25 years in various universities in Texas and Arizona, and for the last decade here at the University of Minnesota, Duluth. And of course, you know, there's an amazing change that is ramping up in our communities and on our citizenry. And I see in my students such a burning desire to be part of the solutions. You know, a burning desire to be part of the solution. Randy, we're going to keep you on. We're going to come right back. We're going to take a little bit of a break, but we'll be coming back. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And we're talking about regeneration. This is the season. Be sure to pick up your copy of this month's Natural Awakenings magazine, a free local guide to a healthier and more balanced life. Each monthly issue includes timely, local, national, and global stories. Learn about alternative and complementary medicine, nutrition, fitness for body and mind, personal growth, sustainability, and much more. Natural Awakenings can be found at area health food stores, food co-ops, and retail locations. More information is available at NaturalTwinCities.com. That's NaturalTwinCities.com. Finding the best foods the Twin Cities has to offer is easy with EatLocalMinnesota.com. Offering the top local and independently owned restaurants, EatLocalMinnesota.com has everything from burger joints to cocktails and fine dining. Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club invites you to check out their beautiful facilities for your next special occasion. Book your wedding reception, retirement party, business dinner, or other special event with confidence, knowing their expert staff and award-winning chef will make it a big hit with your guests. Call today to get a quote, 763-571-9020. Lowry Hill Meats, located at 1934 Hennepin Avenue in Minneapolis, are friends with their farmers. Relying on regionally sourced, clean, quality meats, they take pride in their aged beef, on pork, house-made sausages, and air-dried poultry. Their house-made sandwiches should not be missed. Find them online at LowryHillMeats.com. Are you in charge of the company gifts? Looking for a great work party gift or maybe just something nice for yourself? Hi, this is Richard Piepenberg with Vinaigrette, and we're ready for you. We package, gift wrap, and even deliver the finest oils and vinegars so you can simply enjoy the holidays. Since 2009, our family-owned and operated store has specialized in everything Vinaigrette. Come in to tap, taste, and treasure. 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis and in downtown Excelsior at 287 Water Street. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Looking to offer high-end restaurant-quality food at your next event? Look no further than D'Amico Catering. Their talented team of event planners and chefs will collaborate to perfect a menu that best fits your needs. Whether emphasizing local cuisine or ethnic flavors, organic bites or summertime favorites, they're here to give you choices that align with your taste, budget, and style. Interested in learning more? Please visit D'AmicoCatering.com. That's D'AmicoCatering.com. Standard Heating knows the holidays are a time for lists. Shopping lists, guest lists, good and naughty lists. But don't forget about the most important list of all, Standard's 24-point checklist that comes with our professional furnace tune-up. During December, you can get this crucial tune-up for $25 off. Learn how you can save $25 on our furnace tune-up and all our other year-end deals today at standardheatingdeals.com radio. Standard heating and air conditioning, comfort you deserve. 
to Food Freedom Radio. Uh, I'm Laura Headland. In studio with us is Ronnie Cummings. He's a co-founder and international director of Organic Consumers Association. Pat Kerrigan, also with the Organic Consumers Association. Stan Stantinger with Minnesota 350. And uh, when we went to break, um, uh, Randy, you just called and you were talking about um, students. <laughs> and uh, All of us older are like students, young people, yes. <laughs> Tell us about what you're seeing at the University of Minnesota up in Duluth right now. Well, yeah, let's remember that students are inheriting and wanting to build a better future. So, you know, those are the people, the young people of the planet who are going to experience the greatest, uh, you know, impacts of climate change as well as going forward. And, you know, I just what I wanted to sort of add is that I have noticed, again, a change in students over the last few years as the ramifications of climate change and our unsustainable systems have deepened, and yet we give them so few platforms to latch on to real solutions. And I'm very excited about regenerative agriculture to see it not just as lowering our carbon footprints, but really using this infrastructure of agriculture to sequester carbon and you know be a good steward of land as we get what we need as humans but i also experience sort of the path dependency of institutions and the challenge of helping institutions sort of come to a place where they can embrace this because i i see our communities way out ahead of our institutions. And yeah. I guess my questions for your uh, panelists are, how do they see, um, you know, uh, pathways that can invite our institutions to more robustly embrace a regenerative platform where we can really um, empower our young people in their impatient hope for a better planet? Impatient hope for a better planet. Thank that, Randy. Yeah. I, w- I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank Randy for the amazing regenerative food system work that Randy and his colleagues in the Twin Ports are doing. Told Top Shelf Minnesota Regenerator. Randy, I love you, and it's so great working with you. Thank you for this call. And the students are the ones that need to dr- deliver this message um, compellingly to administrators that this is our future. We need to be focusing university resources on a livable future, how to produce more nutrient-dense foods through um, while sequestering carbon through photosynthesis, build the market for regenerative food, support regenerative producers, and Randy's doing all this. And so I just wanted to, to not miss this opportunity to give you a big shout-out, Randy. Great. Well, I'm completely excited in the last month to see the rise of this sunshine movement led by youth, uh, which is basically saying that we've got to take action and take action now. No more compromises on the part of politicians and government officials, corporations, the whole society. Uh, the leading scientists in the world tell us we've got 12 years to turn things around. That means start today. So the Sunrise Movement, to me, which challenged Nancy Pelosi, the, uh, the uh, head of the Democratic Party in the House, uh, the minority leader, now majority leader, uh, you know, they basically said, Nancy, you know, it's not enough to just talk liberal talk. You know, get off the talk, get on the action. And there's another group called the Extinction Rebellion, which I first read about in the uh, U.K., Great Britain, Uh, which is just like the Sunrise Movement, and I now see they've got a protest coming up in Washington, D.C. as well on on December 10th. But basically, and I I read in the Star Tribune in Minneapolis about I Matters, I Matter, M-A-T-T-E-R, which is a group of young people who are focusing on how local government has to get on a stick and get serious about this. And... Uh, in the last month, uh, you may not have heard as much about this as you will, but coming out of this movement and coming out of our youngest member of Congress, Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez, is a new program called the Green New Deal. Green New Deal. And that, I believe, is the first vehicle we've had 
uh, for decades that has the promise to unite the majority of the population in a process of not only greening the economy and reversing climate change, but doing it in a just manner so that we lift people out of depression and poverty and hopelessness. And I think I've never been so excited. And when you think back to the Depression, which was a little bit even before I was born, but the New Deal, uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt and the New Deal, they were facing a tremendous environmental crisis, the Dust Bowl. They were facing a crisis where family farmers in large parts of the country, uh, because of a, the, uh, a drought, were unable to make a living and because of market conditions and so on. Uh, but so how did, how did uh, FDR and Henry Wallace address this? Well, they didn't try to build a movement just around restoring the soil and stopping soil erosion and helping family farmers. They built a movement called the, the New Deal, which was based on helping everyone move forward, workers, farmers, unemployed people. Uh, they captured the imagination of young people and, you know, the whole society. And we, they also inspired the world. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, there was a similar movement in Mexico in the 30s as well, inspired by the New Deal. Well, that's the most exciting thing to me. I've been an activist for 50 years, mm -hmm. and I must say I am excited about this Green New Deal because we can't keep going on with a food movement over here, an anti-war movement over here, a climate justice movement over here, a social justice movement over here, Racial and think that we're going to solve this crisis. Here. Yeah, we've got to find that We need unity. to come together. And come together. My whole life, I've never seen new leadership go into the Congress like these, especially these six women uh, <laughs> that are taking leadership now. I mean, Ilhan Omar from Minneapolis, uh, Rashiba Talab from Michigan, Ayana Presley from Massachusetts, the Native American women from Arizona and, and North Dakota, and Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez. And hers was, she was a food rights movement. That was yes. her background. Yeah. yeah, she was a waitress when she was running for Congress <laughs> in New York City. She's, she's pointed out that she can't afford to pay rent in Washington, D.C. until she gets her first paycheck. <laughs> so, but we never had leaders before, especially we never had women leaders, mm -hmm. young leaders, non-white leaders. We have them now. All right. And, and, and women leaders of color. And yes. that's the thing that we need to do is have an, an all-encompassing movement with young, led by young people, by people of color, and by communities that are most impacted by uh, climate change and degenerative agriculture. I just, I just want to mention a strategy of our Minnesota 350 Solutions team. Uh, we are 100% we are, uh, behind the regenerative agriculture uh, pra uh, practices, but <clears throat> so our guest says, uh, how do we get this to happen? So one of our strategies is we are going to recruit our volunteers to make a systematic set of visits to food distributors, uh, you know, the, the retailers, wow. asking them uh, how uh, how are you getting your regenerative how, how do we, food? How, how do we make it happen right now? So yeah. you've been listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. In the process of planning your next event, consider D'Amico Catering. Their team brings extensive experience and knowledge to the table to ensure that your event runs smoothly. With over 20 years of event planning and culinary experience, D'Amico has established their reputation as the Twin Cities' premier caterer. They've been trusted to carry out numerous weddings, corporate functions, and nonprofit fundraisers. D'Amico has the right staff to ensure your event is perfectly executed every time. More at D'AmicoCatering.com. I'm Connie Bure, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind, body, spirit, emotion perspective. Join us next week as we talk about self-care, what it is, what it looks like, and what you can do for yourself. Even ways in which relationships that are not good for you can change how you do your self-care. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show, Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life. 
Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club is delighted to offer its spacious facilities for your private function. From weddings, retirement parties, business dinners, or any special occasion, Crooner's combines a dedicated, full-service special events team, an award-winning chef, and a beautiful lakeside ambiance to make your event a resounding success. Visit croonersloungemn.com to learn more about their private dining options or call 763-571-9020 to get a quote for your next event today. Total Dog Company exists for people who are serious about their dogs. People who want the best nutrition and the best gear for their dogs. Total Dog Company's mission is to provide high-quality, practical food and gear for dogs and only dogs. Nothing frou-frou or frivolous. Nothing with suspect ingredients. No cat food or wild bird food. Totally dog. From head to wagging tail. Find us in New Hope off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at TotalDogCompany.com. Are you in charge of the company gifts? Looking for a great work party gift or maybe just something nice for yourself? Hi, this is Richard Piepenberg with Vinaigrette and we're ready for you. We package, gift wrap, and even deliver the finest oils and vinegars so you can simply enjoy the holidays. Since 2009, our family-owned and operated store has specialized in everything vinaigrette. Come into Tap, Taste, and Treasure, 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis, and in downtown Excelsior at 287 Water Street. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Be sure to pick up your copy of this month's Natural Awakenings magazine, a free local guide to a healthier and more balanced life. Each monthly issue includes timely, local, national, and global stories. Learn about alternative and complementary medicine, nutrition, fitness for body and mind, personal growth, sustainability, and much more. Natural Awakenings can be found at area health food stores, food co-ops, and retail locations. More information is available at NaturalTwinCities.com. That's NaturalTwinCities.com. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. Um, and we're talking about regeneration, uh, uh, Minnesota, and when we are times of trouble... A story out in the New York Times, the level of insects, palmitine, we are in the sixth mass extinction of the planet. What consumers do? What, what can we do? What do I do as an eater? How do I, how do I take actions to make that world that we all want? So our volunteers within Minnesota 350 uh, Solutions Team are going to make a systematic set of visits to the uh, co-ops, the uh, other retail outlets for groceries for 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 food, and uh, have meetings with the managements of those food outlets, asking where are you presently able to get regenerative foods. Um, by the way, uh, the the millennials who are part of your customer base are going to want this uh, the these products. So you're going to need a set of outlets. Uh, what's going to be your approach to getting farmers encouraged? Uh, we, what, in other words, what we're trying to do is create systematically demand for regeneratively grown foods. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully this, this will be replicated other places besides the Twin Cities. Right, and the, the lever is so powerful here. I mean, I'm holding right now um, Hoya, uh, lentil samosa, samosas. Um, they're from Somali women in the Twin Cities. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I know there's a couple different ways of pronouncing it. But this regenerative where we're actually making the food ourselves, we've, we've done it with local beer mm-hmm. really well. Mm-hmm. And then can we move into even cooperative ways of doing this? Um, like I wonder about a, starting a company called We Got Ball. And so you can help other people make like uh, vegan balls. I did the the pumpkin balls or crockpot ready foods or sobistas, pantry parties. How do we create, how do we bring that from the, the farm to the table in a, in a movement manner? Well, I think we should set our goals high on this thing. 
slightly before I was born, there wasn't much food being grown in urban areas uh, in the U.S. But then the Second World War came along, and someone came up with the idea of these Liberty Gardens. And by 1944, we were growing between 40 and 50 percent of all of our vegetables in the country in our urban areas. This happened in the space of three or four years. This can happen again. Uh, when I was growing up, you went to a grocery store. Most of the food was pretty much default organic. You know, it was grown in a hundred mile radius of your neighborhood grocery store, where you you knew the butcher, you knew the cashier. You know, you took the food home, you cooked it from scratch, you had a family meal. You know, and everything changed and went crazy. And we've got to get back to that point again. I think everyone wants to be healthy. Uh, everyone wants to have a healthy society, but we need we need to regenerate our food habits. We need to regenerate our retail system. We need to regenerate our political system. And I love this idea of let's start talking to the retailers where we buy our food and pointing out to them that, you know, you're doing a lot of things right. Uh, how can we help you do even more things right? Rhonda, uh, you started to talk about backyards. Now, one of our uh, kindred organizations that we have contact with and interact with in Men 350 is Renaissance Soil. It's just a very small uh, nonprofit, but uh, Cassie Brown, our contact there, uh, can show you simple tests to conduct on your own soil to indicate what changes you need to make to make that soil healthier. And uh, just a uh, little statistic out of out of uh, the soil will save us. That's a nice a nice introductory text on this region. There are about three times as many acres in lawns in this country as there are in corn alone really wow. so it behooves us to well, use our put... lawns for this purpose yeah or we to could get, to draw down carbon or and could... turf is yeah. minnesota's main crop i just learned that who would imagine that bigger than corn no. and soy yes no it is wow you learn something every day <laughs> yeah and so i mean uh Okay. How do we do something better? Because I am, I'm, you know, and I know we've got some listeners, and it, it can get. I can feel really angry when I think about the dead in soil, the billion pounds of pesticides, Roundup, all of these problems, these dead in soils for nothing. It's just so tragic, tragic. Mm-hmm. In fact, E.O. Wilson. I heard that E.O. Wilson is now. Um, there, we're in the sixth mass extinction. He's starting to call it. The age of loneliness. Mm, wow. The age of loneliness. This idea of how we chemicalize our yawns and each other as the age of loneliness. Yeah, the average American now, according to the mass media, is spending ten and a half hours in front of com- computer screens or their cell phones, you know, or watching TV. And why are people... Why are people doing this? Why do you go out into a, a restaurant or a cafe and you see people on a date, but they're looking at their screens, you know, and texting or whatever? It's just like, well, my, my belief is we need a common Michigan a mission that's exciting. And that's why I'm ready to sign up for this Green New Deal with, with Ilhan Omar and all the other uh, new leaders in the Congress, and let's get ourselves away from these screens uh, and get back into real life. Right, but- real life is get kids and, and get the kids gardening too. I mean, that's what's really powerful is the kids. I want to know, um, uh, Carol um, Hayes is calling in. Um, hi, welcome to Food Freedom Radio, Carol. Hi, Laura. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can. Wonderful. I've been listening in and really excited to hear um, all the things that are happening up in. Uh, Minnesota, and I can report from Illinois that we've also got exciting things going on with the regenerative movement. Um, a couple of years ago, we formed Regenerate Illinois. It is a um, a cooperative group of partners of all types. We've got a real diverse uh, group that uh, has been working for a couple of years to grow the movement and to really help farmers begin to appreciate how 
rebuilding their soil and thinking about um, new crops can both help uh, their farm be more resilient and uh, prepare for uh, what we can expect in the future, but they can also really help to reshape what farming and food means for us as we move forward. We um, formed the IDEA Farm Network. It is a a network of farmers that want to learn from one another. Um, It started with about 30 farmers in central Illinois, and we are now well over 330 folks who are connected to the group. They meet regularly to learn from one another. They're doing on-farm research, trialing new varieties of corn and other grains, really thinking about how they can integrate small grains into their operations. And then we're trying to grow the movement, In as you all are talking about, how do we reach consumers and really help them um, not just access but understand the importance, the critical importance for all of us moving forward to change the way that they eat and democratize the food system, and they can be part of that change. So we're connecting farmers with um, all kinds of marketing opportunities, everything from bakers and brewers uh, using artisan grains to um, institutional foods in hospitals and schools and other places that can really um, have some powerful impact on the food system. So we're excited to be part of this movement. Uh, Can't wait to reach out and connect to all of the other regenerators across the Midwest. Um, We, too, like Minnesota, have a climate uh, table, a group of folks working, uh, especially in downstate Illinois, to extend the, the climate actions that communities can take out onto the landscape and really think about how we can Um, encourage people to think differently about their landscapes, whether they're farming them or gardening on them or or growing pollinator habitat, because we all need to restore that habitat, too. And this is another great way to think about getting a living root in the ground all year round that supports biodiversity and restores soil health. So we see all of these things intersecting together here in Illinois and Um, Just hope that we can intersect with everybody else across the Midwest that Mm -hmm. is thinking in this way. And I just wanted to add that uh, Carol and the um, Idea Farm Network Regenerate Illinois team are really leading the way in terms of uh, connecting up with their broad-based coalition of agriculture, environmental uh, organizations. And um, Carol, it's just really great to have you uh, to be working with you. We're going to be at a um, uh, perennial farm gathering in Madison of the Savannah Institute, which is doing a lot of work on um, silvopasture, integration of livestock into farm systems with perennial. Um, uh, crops such as in here in the Midwest or here in Minnesota, there's a lot of uh, hazelnut and elderberry production in providing a crop along with um, uh, the, uh, integrating uh, chickens or pigs or whatever kind of livestock. So, Carol, great job and, um, and uh, thanks for calling in. Yeah, thanks so much. And I love what you said about a living root in the ground. Living root in the ground, how we tap into that living root in the ground. And, and so how do we do that? Well, keep, one of the main messages that the National Resource Conservation Service, Sustainable Farming Association, Minnesota Farmers Union, I'm so excited about the degree of alignment on keeping the soil covered, um, integrating livestock when possible, um, uh, planting um, a diverse variety of crops, and then you, with, with, like, with, with integrating livestock, What's what's amazing, and there's um, Minnesota Farmers Union had a soil health simulator at uh, the uh, fantastic Gustavus Adolphus College Nobel Conference, um, uh, Living Soil, a Universe Underfoot, and what they what this rainfall simulator showed was first first of all I didn't know rainfall hits the ground at 15 to 20 miles an hour in a thunderstorm and then so it showed um, plain uncovered um, land uh, uh, conventional 
corn, soy. Uh, they, they had these containers of soil. Then they had organic, uh, unmanaged pasture, and then managed pasture that was rotationally grazed. What was really so important in, in this simulator... Um, was that the was that the pasture and especially the managed pasture held so much uh, rainfall in the soil? So whether it's drought conditions or flood conditions, this is going to be more and more important to Midwestern farmers. We're going to be getting yes. only more frequent rains and more intense rains, and we have to keep that that water within the soil. And so by Incorporate reincorporating livestock back into yeah. agriculture. It's this really, is the best way to do it. It is. And um, so you're listening to Food Freedom Radio. We're talking about regeneration agriculture. And I want to do a shout out for, um, I read uh, Brian DeVore's book, Wildly Successful Farming. And he was talking about in Indiana, they went from 20,000 acres with crop crops to over a million acres. And this is in a highly conservative area. Cover so, crop, crop U.S. Cover crop Indiana. U.S. Yay, so you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950. Looking to offer high-end restaurant-quality food at your next event? Look no further than D'Amico Catering. Their talented team of event planners and chefs will collaborate to perfect a menu that best fits your needs. Whether emphasizing local cuisine or ethnic flavors, organic bites or summertime favorites, they're here to give you choices that align with your taste, budget, and style. Interested in learning more? Please visit D'AmicoCatering.com. That's D'AmicoCatering.com. Seward Co-op, serving the community for over 45 years, invites you to shop through two convenient locations. Seward Co-op stores are committed to local producers and food you can feel good about serving your family and guests. Pre-order your holiday meal from Seward, local free-range Ferndale turkeys, handcrafted traditional vegetarian, vegan, and made-without-gluten sides, perfect for everyone at your holiday gathering. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store at 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at Seward.coop. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shambot from Shambot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. We always offer a free exam and x-rays for new patients because we believe you shouldn't have to pay to find out what's wrong with your teeth. Call today. We're open early and late and Saturdays to fit your schedule. As my daughter Rachel says, If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. Located just north of 50th in France, the Great Wall Restaurant has provided a delicious taste of authentic Chinese cuisine since 1981. Specializing in Sichuan and Peking dishes, they offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include hot and sour soup, pan-fried dumplings, and mushu pork with homemade Chinese pancakes. Stop by their Edina location or call for takeout at 952-927-4439. See the full menu at greatwallrestaurant.us. Native Earth Radio is proud to announce we're adding an extra hour. One hour's too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. Great. More time for me to share important information about our sacred animals. And report national native news with reporters all around the country. Saturdays from 1 to 3 p.m. We are awake. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and streaming live on Facebook. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists. Warner Stellion. Food Freedom Radio, where we plan to nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Headland. We've been having an energizing conversation about Regenerate the Metro. In studio with us is Ronnie Cummins. He's a co-founder and international director of Organic Consumers Association. Pat Kerrigan, with, also with the Consumers Association. And Stan Stendinger with uh, Minnesota 350. And I have this quote um, from, um, talked about him a little bit, Otto Schwarmer. With, um, he's a senior MIT act, um, lecturer. He also has, has something called um, um, Presencing Institute. He said this, quote, In my view, Amazon's acquisition of Whole Foods does to organics what Uber did to the sharing economy. 
It takes something that was born out of a different economic logic, a grocery store dedicated to healthy food, and then molds and morphs it to fit into an economic operating system that is firmly based in the old paradigm, in a paradigm that aims for world domination rather than serving a common goal of shared prosperity and well-being and health for all. Well, that's the reason why I think uh, leaders in the organic movement, not just in the United States but all over the world, are saying that we've got to move on to organic 3.0, our regenerative organic. And that uh, once we uh, get back to our roots, so to speak, uh, once we build uh, an alliance with all segments of society, uh, people aren't going to go buy their organic food at Amazon or Walmart just Especially because Especially if you got to take your cheaper. photo. <laughs> I, <laughs> I look forward again to where it's like when, when the modern organic movement first began again in the late 60s. Uh, you know, there was, there was a dynamic feeling when you went into a co-op or a natural food store. There was a sense of shared mission. There was a, an actual belief that yes we're we're here uh, buying and selling food and but we're also changing the world and that's what we have to realize again is that renewable energy and regenerative food farming and land use together are our only hope for survival and that we better listen to these young people in the sunrise movement and the extinction rebellion we better listen to these people crying out all over the world uh, because the time is now to get our, you know, uh, ideals and our practices back in line, whether we're a consumer, a farmer, a retailer, a processor, a worker, wherever we are. We need to come together in this. Uh, uh, yeah, I want to hear come together right now over me, but because there's almost like we need to do this. We need to do this. And I know how do I do? How do I do something, right? One of the ways is to ask your co-op, what are the regenerative food providers that you're purchasing from? These are the folks that are the, are the, um, are the farmers and ranchers that rege- conscious, regenerative, organic consumers need to be supporting. And one of the most, one of, the, of all the eco-service benefits of building soil health, pollinator habitat, biodiversity, water infiltration during times of extreme drought, extreme floods, which we're heading more more into in the in this country. Um, the nutrient density piece with the photosynthesis enabling the the foods that are being grown on healthy soils to be more nutrient dense. That's one of the key consumer angles is that you're not only help we're helping the health of all above and below the ground, as Ronnie talked about earlier. You're providing your family with more nutrient-dense foods. So that difference in that in organic milk between the local and the horizon national from ver- from questionable um, organic, um, foganic, uh, the, foganic the term, yeah. you know, in terms of um, CAFO light producers, third-party producers that Walmart, Costco, uh, Sam's Club, uh, Costco, Target, they're driving the price down with these low-priced organics. That's not a deal for the consumers. The deal for the consumer is that local product that has the increased nutrient density and that's supporting local agribusiness or local economy, agricultural economies, and those farmers and ranchers are committed to the health of you, you and your family. And so that's why... The, uh, that's the question that I think consumers should be asking. Right, and when we were talking about that mood in the late 60s or 70s, and I, I, I missed it by just a little bit, but, but there was a mood there, and I understand like there was a local tofu maker, and you know people kind of knew each other. I think mm-hmm. when uh, people get aware of the nutritional value of regeneratively grown foods, uh, they are going to create this huge demand that's going to help not only that's going to help the small farmers, let's put it that way, because they're the ones that are probably going to be able to switch gears and get into the, this production. Uh, there, there is so much. We, we have lost so much carbon in the soils in this country. We've lost something on the average of 50 percent of carbon content mm-hmm. by practices like plowing. And so as a result, the nutritional value of foods has 
has diminished. And uh, when people get aware of the difference that it's going to make, how their foods are grown, the demand is going to go through the roof and it's going to work. Yay. Donna, our last two minutes, you want to just say, um, how can people learn more? What can people do? Regeneration International, we haven't talked about this, that Ronnie is one of the co-founders and on the steering committee of Regeneration International. Under the resources website, if people go on that page, there is a cornucopia of information about the critically important four per thousand international framework. For four per thousand. Four per thousand, yep. And then a ton of other um, great resources. So if people can take a look at one website, uh, Regeneration International has, has fantastic resources or organicconsumers.org yep. i mean i've been posting articles to uh to that site for 20 years there's a couple hundred thousand articles in the archives and uh the reason i posted them up there was because i read them and they seem like they were relevant so uh, you could check that out uh, in your spare time and i just wanted to say that so we started off before we even had this discussion here today with an organic potluck downstairs, uh, inviting activists who are uh, in the organic and regenerative movement. Uh, I think we need to bring back that tradition. Next time you get the urge to go out and eat, uh, consider uh, instead calling a potluck for the next week with all the people you know in the climate movement, the food movement, the justice movement, sit down together and enjoy that potluck for the same price, cheaper than it would have cost you to go out and eat, and talk about how we're going to make not only this food revolution, but how we're going to make this new Green Deal and this Green Revolution a reality. And then also uh, regenerate the Metro, regenerate uh, Arrowhead, regenerate Minnesota on Facebook has got ways that people can uh, stay uh, informed, get engaged in the regeneration conversation, and contribute uh, to uh, uh, the spreading the word about building healthy soils and how important that is. And I wanted to reach out. Uh, Marita wasn't able to be with us today, but she's also talking about the food and water bill. So hopefully we'll hear more about that. Uh, there's a lot of in-depth information available that came out in the uh, Nobel 54 conference at Ooh. Gustavus Adolphus. Uh, all those sessions were videotaped and they're available online. If yeah. You, if you Google and uh, and you can Nobel listen to all, you can go on Food Freedom Radio. We had two interviews. We had we interviewed a lot of the people, um, so we have two interviews on that on Food Freedom Radio, and also Minnesota 350, and also you. So thank you so much for listening to Food Freedom Radio in studio. Uh, Ronnie Cummins uh, with Organic Consumer Association, Pat Kerrigan, and Stan Statinger. Thank you.